I'm Billy Hollowell, and welcome to the Prodigal Stories Podcast, a show where Trey Goins Phillips and I take you through some of the most powerful stories of the day, stories of hope, transformation, and intrigue. On today's Prodigal Stories Podcast, we sit down with my friend Matthew West. We talk about music, life, faith, and so much more. Here's what Matthew had to say. Well, I'm here now with uh, Matthew West and Billy Hallowell, uh, the guy that I work with every day. It's good, though. It's good to work with Billy Hallowell. God, there was, <laughs> there was such like an exhaustion in your tone. I know. I know. What no. a struggle that was. Oh, my gosh. No, I'm kidding. I couldn't have a better coworker than Billy. And again, it's great to have you, Matthew, with us. Uh, so you have a new show coming up, a special that's going to actually be airing on TBN Friday on February 10th uh, called My Story, Your Glory. It's at the Ryman. Tell us a little bit about this, because it's pretty cool to be having a headlining show at the Ryman Theater. Oh, right. It's 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 a lot cool is that that's not the right grammar is it that's not I, know, I, I, know with it. I, like I think it. it works it's a lot cool. i'm not, I'm like not off to a good start on your show here um i'm only on, going on three hours of sleep so bear with me but um yeah it was an incredible experience like i had i'd been in nashville for many years i'd performed on stage at the ryman auditorium before for different events and things like that but i've never done my own concert there and uh and so the idea was, you know, they call the Ryman Auditorium like the mother church of country music, right? And so I was like, what if we called it, a, you know, a night of worship at the mother church? And so uh, what I did was I sort of combined all these different kind of facets of my musical career in that I write a lot of songs for other recording artists that they sing as well. And so we sort of mixed the concert up and did songs from my new album, My Story, Your Glory, which is coming out February 17th, um, but then also invited friends who I've written songs with for their records that have been on the radio, and they came and sang with me. So it was the most incredible night. I have to say, too, though, before it airs on uh, TBN, it was like the middle of August. It was super hot, too. So like I watched the footage back, and I was like, it looks like I was running on a treadmill the whole time. I was just so hot because the Ryman Auditorium, I think their AC was from like the 1890s. From when they built it, yeah. <laughs> but here was the funny part. Every time a special guest came out, they were coming out for just one song. And they had hair and makeup done like two minutes before. They came out looking fresh. And I noticed through the, by the end of the night, I kept looking worse and worse. And they kept looking better and better. So that... That was poorly planned out by me, but uh, but the music's really good. <laughs> what, you know, what is it? Because you've been doing, you've been in this game for a long time, and your music, and we've talked about this so much in the past, but I think we have to keep talking about it because you're really unique in how you approach music. You tell other people's stories, you tell your story. Most artists only kind of tell their story and what they're, which is fine. But you have gone so far outside of that to tell other people's stories. What is it that keeps you going, though? Like, what keeps you saying, I want to keep making music? Honestly, there's something special that happens in the songwriting room, Billy. It's like um, there's, a, there's a separation that I feel from, like, the stresses of the other parts of, and you know, any profession has, like, Stuff you know, like the way Trey had to sigh when he talked about working with you every right, 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 right. The pitfalls, yeah. Every job and profession has those things that kind of don't feel as life giving, right? They're 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 life sucking, right? So like, uh, 
on like Wednesdays are my day where I crash all of my, my meetings into one day so that I can be creative on other days. And on Wednesdays, it's business day and it's like sucks the life out of me. Like I'm ready for a nap by one o'clock because it's just, but when I go in to write a song, it's like just anything's possible. And it's, you're, you're writing something that's hopefully going to be an anthem for somebody. And, and I mean, obviously from the spiritual perspective, like I've seen it with my own eyes and I can never unsee it. Like how God uses a three minute song to like reach into somebody's story and let them know that he's with them, that he loves them, that his strength is there for them, that his grace is there for them. So I think that's my why. And when you know your why, it gets, you get excited to wake up every morning, except Wednesdays, of course. But, <laughs> uh, but that's why I keep doing it. I just, I love it. When I'm writing those songs, like I'm not worrying about the emails. I'm not worrying about this, that. I'm just literally going like, here we go, Lord, what do you want to say through me today? You know, I think some of the reason that, or a lot of the reason maybe that your music resonates with so many people is that it's really transparent. Like it's, you're, you're really clear about what you're going through and you write music that I think just connects with people because it's authentic to what life has kind of thrown at you, uh, which is similar to what life throws at a lot of people. Uh, is, is that kind of transparency something that's come naturally to you? Is it something that you've worked on? How has the Lord maybe helped you through your own faith journey uh, by being so transparent? Well, I think the irony is when you're, when you're an artist and, and even like with you guys having a podcast, if you have a public platform, the tendency is to be anything but like fully transparent, right? It's all about, it's funny as I'm talking to you, I'm fighting, the sunlight is shining on me. And I, I planned this. It's so a halo. You guys would be like, man, he is so spiritual. He is holy. That God's <laughs> light is shining upon him. <laughs> I'm sorry. But like, yeah, the, I think the fight my whole life has been about what does it look like to be authentic and transparent? When you grow up a preacher's kid, and everybody has high expectations of you, um, then you go into a profession of being a contemporary Christian recording artist, and there's a standard that you're held up to in a different light and different standard than other genres of music. You know what I mean? Uh, I think the tendency is to not be transparent. And so I feel like with my songwriting, um, maybe because like I feel free in that room, i you know, I feel freer to be as honest as I can be and transparent as I can be, because I know deep down that is what connects us all is like, if I can put words to how somebody's feeling, but they don't feel comfortable saying they might, they might feel heard in a way. And, uh, I've found it to be true that like the times when I'm the most vulnerable in my songwriting, those songs tend to resonate the deepest with people. There's literally a song about transparency called truth be told that like has just taken on this life of its own. And it's comes from the place of a preacher's kid who actually got good at being anything but transparent, but didn't want to live that way anymore. And wouldn't you know it, that's the kind of song that God uses. 
Well, it's true. And, you know, I find that people get themselves in a lot of trouble when they're not transparent because you're pretending everything's okay. You're, you're putting this facade on. And, yeah. you know, we see it high up in leadership. We see it in, in churches. We see it all over that's, the place. When you're not being honest, you, that's where you end up having a controversy, having a problem because you've hidden something from the people around you. But, you know, like being transparent and open and truthful, you mentioned being a preacher's kid. I mean, obviously, there's lots of jokes about preacher's kids, right, which adds to that fuel of like trying to be perfect and trying to to, oh yeah you know as you were journeying through that and growing up in in that and dealing with that did you hit moments of severe doubt like how did you navigate that or were you always pretty steady in your faith coming into where um, you are now that's a great question i think i um i don't i don't think i've ever um first of all i haven't mastered the art of transparency you know what i think i i think i see that tendency in me always to still kind of you know, put on a show. Um, and that's something that I like, you know, I, the irony is, is I do a show every night, <laughs> you know what I mean? So like it, that can affect you and change you. And it's like, oh, wait, what, how can I be as real as like, what's the most real version of me? And how can I, that's what I want to chase after, right? Like, what's the, what's the quote, like, be yourself, everybody else has already taken, right? Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? So, but, but I do think you're right about accountability and like the growing up, I would see it actually. Like I would see as a preacher's kid, other pastors in local areas like would have a fall from grace or whatever. And I think when you see things like that, those are warning signals, right? And when you have parents who've modeled for you what it looks like to be transparent, what it looks like to be, have accountability in your life, you know what I mean? And to like that, I think I credit my parents a lot to that because there were times growing up in church where I just didn't, like, I, I literally remember thinking like, if this is Christianity, I don't, you know, I don't think I want it. Cause a lot of the times I would just get, feel so burned by the church people. Like, man, they say one thing, but they do another, or they treat my family this way or whatever. Which is sad, was, right? That's really sad yeah. that that, but that's such a common experience. Yeah. And there yeah. was a, there was a fighter in me, like, I think, you know, I had a temper as a teenager, like that when somebody like mistreated my dad or my family, like I, my tendency was to, to fight back and like, go, you, you call yourself a Christian or whatever, you know what I mean? And my dad said something to me, I'll never forget. And it really helped me soften my heart, not only towards other people, but to, to God. And I credit a lot of it. I credit that to my relationship with the Lord that I have now. And he just always reminded me like, Hey, pe people are going to fail you. Like people in the church too. I mean, we know that all too well. Right. I mean, it's like, it's still a church is filled with human beings and human beings are flawed. And if you look for God in other people, sometimes you're going to see him, but sometimes you're not, but that can't, you can't let that affect your view of God himself. Keep your eyes on him. He's the only one that won't disappoint you. And I just, the fact that I can recall that to you on this interview now tells you how impactful it was for me. And I think in many ways that one conversation with my dad kept my heart soft towards what the Lord wanted to do in my life, despite maybe the experience I was having as a preacher's kid. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of those external factors do keep people from really having deep and authentic relationships with Christ. And they also keep people from being transparent and open because they've been burned before, right? They've been hurt by somebody because they were honest and it ended up 
backfiring on them. Then I think there are also these instances where we have this negative self-talk or we have shame that we take on ourselves. And like my pastor, a couple weeks ago, he had finished the sermon and was going into an invitation. And he said, I want you to think about your sin. Uh, He said, but just for a few seconds, like don't dwell on it, think about it and then put it away uh, because Christ took care of that on the cross. Uh, But he wanted to get us in the right, you know, kind of mindset going into the, the end of the service. Um, and I thought that's such a, it's such a simple thing that he said, but it's so true because wow. we do have this tendency to, we open up the jar of all of our sin and we just leave it there and it comes out and we just dwell on it and focus yeah. on it. And then we get eaten up with shame. Yes. So I want to ask you, how do you combat that in your own life? The negative self-talk and the shame that you as Christians, anybody is, is able to take on and kind of rest in. How do you set that aside uh, and put it in its right perspective uh, and still be authentic and and transparent in your own life. Well, I mean, that's man, we're going deep now, dude. Let's go. Um <laughs> I, I mean, honestly, man, if you if you looked through my songs and lyrics, like you'd notice the theme of of God's grace that I center on so many times. And it's it's a lot of that comes from the moments where I'm about to walk on stage and like I'll hear you know, I'll hear a voice that's like, who do you think you are is usually how it starts. Like, you, th- you think you're going to go out there tonight and like lift up the name of Jesus? And like you were too busy to even read your Bible today? Like, who do you think you are? And I, I tell you, that that phrase, who do you think you are, is something that like... um can just be a defeating blow for me when when the enemy wants to get me it's like oh i'm a fraud that's what i'm uh, because like I'm, g- I'm getting on stage and i'm supposed to act like i've mastered this and i am no master at all like i you know what i mean and and then i feel like the reminder of it's like it's not about who do i think i am like i love how the enemy can take things that sound accusat like he can make them accusatory right but but then like when when god is talking to us and when we choose to listen to the right voice it's like let me tell you who you are <laughs> like first yeah. of all let me show you who i am yep. yeah <laughs> and, I, and then let me show you who you are and i i've got a, a new song that's coming out on the new record called you changed my name and my goodness it's like i i, I actually am just now thinking what i'm about to say for the first time but I feel like I have a song that I can sing to myself when that voice comes to me when I'm backstage. Before I even get on stage, I can say, and I've had songs like that in the past, you know, you know, let me tell the enemy, you know, who do I think I am? Hello, my name is child of the one true king. I've been changed. I've been saved. I've been set free. Amazing grace is the song I sing. Hello, my name is child of the one true king. In some ways, I wonder how many of my songs have been written in response to that voice of the enemy that comes to attack me before I even go on stage. And so you know what? If these songs help give me a, a, a voice back to, to tell the enemy to, to get behind me, then maybe they're helping somebody else do that too. You know what I mean? And uh, yeah. I, I, I'll tell you what, never more than right now in my life have I been convinced that the songs I'm writing are not just for the audience, but they're for the singer too. And, mm-hmm. and in that sense, like I feel like every time I write a song, it helps me. 
It helps me deal with shame. It helps me remember who God says I am. It helps remember not to beat myself up. It helps me remember that that the best chapters of my story could still be ahead of me. You know, it helps me not to be so hard on myself. You know what I mean? So yeah. these these songs are are helping me because they're they're drenched in the truth of God's word too. Well, that's the that's the authenticity factor, though, right? Being open, like most people wouldn't admit that they struggle with that, but but everybody does, right? No matter where you've ascended to in your career, no matter what you've done, this is life, right? And and not talking about that is actually damaging. Again, it's helpful to talk about it because people relate to it and they understand it. And people, I I feel that we all feel that, right? Oh, um, so I love I love that. But all right, you've done, and I don't even know. This might be hard to answer. Maybe it'll be easy. I don't know. But you've written so many songs across the board, performed so many songs. What for you has been like the number one most impactful song on your life that you that you've done? Man, <laughs> you know that's like how am I supposed to answer that? Yeah, I, knew, I knew it was going to be tough, but I'm sorry. You're just you're on the spot now, and you have to do it. So my okay. So I I know this is going to seem like premeditated but it's not it's just my most my most recent um song that was number one on the radio was a song called me on your mind and when i think about that song i think about the moment that inspired it and like you guys we've talked earlier like you mentioned i write songs inspired by people's stories um you know on this new record it's like there's some really sweet moments where like I was just impacted by what the Lord had done in somebody's story. And it inspired me to write a song, but this one was like me. It was my story. It was me going through a really hard time during the pandemic, trying to be a positive influence on everybody else who was in quarantine and trying to do live devotions and being this like cheerleader for people who were hurting and lonely and depressed. And meanwhile, like I was hurting and lonely and depressed, you know what I mean? And, um, I would I would find these moments where I would like read my Bible and I would read a scripture or a story in scripture and I just felt like it was exactly what I needed. And some days that happens, some days that doesn't, but I was having several days in a row where it was like, oh my gosh, like, thank you, Lord. Did you know I was going to read that today? And I felt like I heard a voice from the heavens say, no, duh. Yes. <laughs> yes, I did. You know, like it was kind of this this, I don't know, it was just a powerful reminder that he is mindful of me enough to like, give me what I need and speak straight to my heart in a moment with the message that I needed the most. And so one day I was on a walk, I remember everything was shut down in Nashville. And so we would go for these walks. And my wife and I were walking and I was telling her what I was going through. And I was telling her about this song idea. And I was just like, you know, I've just been thinking about like, God has me on his mind and like when i'm reading my bible and a scripture pops out and, and i was like thinking about writing this song called me on your mind and she didn't say anything and i didn't think she liked it and <laughs> so i look over at her after a couple of seconds of silence and she's crying and wow. she's like when jesus stretched his arms out on a cross like he had us on his mind like hmm. and and I, and we both kind of had this moment of like just on the sidewalk where it was like whoa okay we felt the weight of that and the freedom of that and she goes she's like you need to write that song like that is that's a special song that people need to know about and i'm like that was one moment where like i felt like i had a special song before i even put the pen to paper 
Wow. That's awesome. You know, something too that I've, that I've loved about watching your career, and I know so many others have enjoyed, is the fact that you take these songs and a lot of them have serious messages to them, right? Like they really resonate with people and meet them where they're at. But you also have a lot of fun in your career. Uh, you're entertaining because the, you did a Thanksgiving song a, a few gobble, years gobble. ago. That's right. a hit in our house every day. You know, I, I told her, they, my kids love it. Anyway, right. Right. That's that song is... No, no, that song is a, is just a hit because it's just fun. Uh, and then at the Kayla Fan Awards last year, that was so much fun. Uh, if you haven't seen it, you can look it up. Look up Matthew West to the Kayla Fan Awards. It's it's worth watching because it was hilarious. So, but anyway, you have a lot of fun. I just want to ask you if you have a really fun or funny memory that you want to share over touring or, or whatever uh, as we kind of round out the the interview. Well, I got to tell you, I mean, songs like Gobble Gobble are following <laughs> me everywhere I go now. Uh, I thought you could write a song about a goofy turkey song about Thanksgiving and people would only want to hear it in November. But uh, now on tour, people bring their Gobble Gobble posters and they demand. <laughs> so I'm, I'm singing Gobble Gobble one in you know, in the middle of April. Right. It's just, it's it's gotten to a point of insanity of. You know, I've, it's funny. I've kind of backed off the funny songs ever since I almost got canceled on, uh, or I did. I guess I got canceled. Billy. You were uncanceled pretty quickly, though. You were uncanceled. Right. It's quickly. a badge of honor, though, at this yeah, point. Yeah, I mean, everybody's yeah. got to be canceled once, right? That's I mean. right. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I think I got like, you're right. It was like canceled light. You know what I mean? It was like, uh, it was not the, it was some, I mean, it felt like the end of the world for a minute with the, a yeah. song you wrote called modest is hottest that was widely misinterpreted <laughs> I, but, I for one love the song which you know because i reached out to you and told you I'm, but yes you were yeah. a great encouragement to me and uh, but you know i think can i tell you the the reason about like the reason behind the humor of what i do is actually very strategic i think one of the the irony of like being in the music business is like it's usually like youth is what's honored, but the irony is you gain experience as you get older and you, right. you get more comfortable in your skin and more understanding of what your giftings are. And so at this stage in my career, I'm not a new artist, but gosh, I feel like I have a clearer vision of like who God made me to be and who I am as a communicator. And so honestly, for me on a personal level, it's humor and heart. Like those are the two things that like, guide my communication style and so even in my concerts like it's it's i'm funny or goofy and that's part of who i am and that's what kind of opens us up on this journey to really get to the heart of the matter and uh you know back in the day record labels that were looking to sign me they didn't think i was cool enough they they didn't like the fact that i made up a goofy song on stage like they were like this guy's not a rock star like we want to and I'm like, even in Christian music, they were looking for like this cool dude or whatever. And I'm like, you know what? The, when I felt, finally felt free as an artist was when I started going, this is who I am. Like, I don't care if you don't like that I make up a goofy song. You know who loves it? That 12-year-old kid in the crowd who's like rolling over laughing. But by the end of the concert, arms are in the air worshiping Jesus. Like, that's yeah. the experience that we're going to have together. And that's okay. So that's a big part of what I do. And, uh, and I love it. And I, you know, I, maybe I'll, I've been working on a, a, a funny song 
but I don't know if I can finish it. It's called Dad Bod. And oh, can I be in the music video? That's perfect for me. Um, I love it. That is great. It's it's it. it's inspired by personal experience right now. <laughs> That's the story of my life. It must be autobiographical. Um, no, that is that is amazing. And look, we always love having you on. You got to come back again soon. Yeah. We only scratch the surface, but a lot of fun having you here. Thank you. Always great to talk to you guys. Thanks so much. I hope everybody enjoys the the special on TBN and. The double album, it's it's 22 songs, so I got plenty more to come back and talk to you about. My Story, Your Glory, 22 songs coming out on February 17th, so um, excited for everybody to t give that a listen. Well, you're coming back for sure now, so I apologize to you in advance. <laughs> you are coming back. Um, we're making you come back. Thanks again. Right. Appreciate it. See you guys soon. So that was Matthew West, who, Trey, I don't know about you, but I always love sitting down with Matthew West because he's one of the most real people ever. Yeah, no, he's super down to earth and he's just fun to talk to, right? Because somebody that you feel like is completely relatable. Whenever I'm talking to him, I've interviewed him a couple times, like I saw him at the Caleb Fan Awards and even there uh, last year, you forget that he's such a successful artist like he's written songs co-written songs with so many big artists he has obviously his own hits uh he's been in the music scene for so long he's a fixture in christian music but you forget all that when you're talking to him it's just like oh i'm talking to my my friend matthew west um so yeah he's he's just a lot of fun to to spend time with and super authentic which was kind of the ended up being the the center of our entire discussion yeah, you don't often, I think a lot of artists, like they don't go out and say like, I'm uncomfortable sometimes, or I have low self-esteem sometimes, or I feel a certain way about myself that maybe isn't positive. You don't hear that from anybody who's in the celebrity world. Really, you don't hear it a lot in the Christian world, the Christian celebrity world either. And yet he's always been that way, like really open, really honest. And even admitting in the interview, he still struggles with that, right? Like, you know, you have that image you want to aspire to make everything look perfect. And yet he knows that he needs to be open and vulnerable and that in his music, when he does that, it has the most impact. Yeah, I think that's so important as Christians to be the person who's willing to be transparent and vulnerable first, because more than just sharing his story and helping people with what he's saying, I think he's setting an example that's helping people, right? Because he's showing them, look, you can be vulnerable, you can be honest and authentic with the right community of people. Um, and we talked about this briefly, of, you know, the people who have been authentic and then they end up being burned, right? Because they're honest or they're transparent with somebody who then unfortunately in the church community or wherever might have turned it against them and then been hurtful. Um, what are you laughing <laughs> Sorry, you're having a very serious conversation, and I'm just so the conversation with myself. People who are listening don't know this. Trey was giving very good thoughts, but I'm going to pause to let you know I have a desk that goes up and down, and so Trey's <laughs> watching me on camera as I lower myself down as though I'm a circus act. Anyway, no, it is it is true. And by the way, Trey, on a on a less serious note, I love that you started the episode by mocking me. Well. <laughs> I thought we should let people have a window into our day-to-day -day life. We should. Like, this we... is what we're writing on teams to one another. Yes. So I figured it might as well be said out loud. And I figured a conversation with the award-winning Matthew West was the right time to do it. Well, he also piled on a little bit, which, you know, my heart grew three sizes with the two of you mocking me. You know that I love good, that. So, good. 
But no, this, it really was it really was a great conversation, and I would encourage people if you're not a Matthew West fan or don't know his music to go out and become one because he's somebody who writes from the heart. And we didn't talk as much about this, but and you know this, Trey. Um, he has spoken a lot publicly about it. He writes a lot of songs based on people's stories outside of his his himself, like outside of yeah. his family. And those individual, those strangers' stories really have been very powerful songs. They really have been. So Yeah, no, I think so too. And also his willingness to just have fun. We talked about that a little bit toward the end of the conversation. Um, and to write funny songs and to to make parodies. And then also his semi, like half cancellation, non-cancellation, whatever you want to call it. Like he's got a sense of humor about it, uh, which is, is more than half the battle, I think. Just to, obviously oh, yeah. there was the initial sting of like, Nobody wants to be canceled, especially if you've got kids and dealing with all of that. It's not, it's not fun. But the way he's handled it, I think, is is great. Uh, and he's been he's been really transparent about that, too. Um, and I, I think he just he shows that you can't take yourself too seriously. Um, you have to have fun. You have to tell other people's stories and tell your own story and just be honest with where you are in your life. And uh, even I thought it was cool that he's writing songs and the Lord is ministering to him through the songs that he's written, right? So I think that's that's cool that he's able to encourage himself with the words that the Lord has given him before he goes out on stage. Well, and that's the humility factor again, which, yep. which I love. We love you, Matthew West, and we love everybody listening. Make sure you continue listening. And you know what? Share this podcast with your friends and loved ones, right, Trey? Shouldn't people do that? Oh, absolutely. Even with your enemies. Share it with your frenemies and, and your enemies, yeah. like all of them, because you don't want to miss out on us making fun of Billy. You never know when it's going to happen. <laughs> true. Matthew it's West true. might come back and make fun of Billy more. It's um, true. It is very true. And, uh, yeah, and go and post a positive review. If you have a negative review, just keep it to yourself. Nobody wants that. But a positive <laughs> review would be great. We'll take it. Apple or wherever wherever podcasts are heard, right? Yes. yes. All right. Well, everybody, make sure you tune in next week for another episode. This is season two of the Prodigal Stories podcast. Bye.